Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Frank podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and special event consultant, Toby Dodge of Prepared.com. And Eric Zimmerman, pianist, DJ, and master of ceremonies of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Communication and Wedding Planning, Part 2. In this episode, Toby and I continue our discussion about this important topic. Now, communication here can be defined as an interchange of ideas between two people who are talking to each other. This should take place also between a couple and their wedding coordinator. More fundamentally, a couple should talk with each other about their ideas. But what about receiving questions that are asks of oneself? In other words, asking yourself an important question and formulating a personal decision. This, I think, is what makes Prepared.com so innovative. When filling out your profile, you have an opportunity to answer questions that are unique to you. Now, please enjoy Communication and Wedding Planning, Part 2. We were talking about communication, Mm -hmm. and that brings up a point. Good communication is clear. Yeah. And it speaks, you, you speak in a way that somebody understands what you're saying, what, what the intention is. And I think what is so hard for couples when they're going to discuss something that involves more than just the two of them, it isn't always easy to be direct because I think most couples learn over time how to read each other, mm-hmm. oftentimes without any uh, verbal communication, just their body language and their facial expressions. Sure. And so sometimes I think we become a little guarded because we know we're about to discuss something that's a little touchy. Yeah. And especially when it comes to parents um, and, and their involvement in a conversation. I mean, I've seen it in front of me, how brides and grooms, they're totally relaxed when they're, when you ask them, you know, what kind of, what do you see for your wedding? What do you, what kind of vision or the feeling you want to have in your wedding? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, if they have any attitudes, I mean, some people literally clam up and they'll just say, well, I didn't give it much thought, which is usually the guys, uh, you know, I just want to have fun or, you know, something very simple like that. Uh-huh. Gals normally are much more, Uh, vocal about that and so they'll explain and whatever and then I ask them about their families and their parents and what role they're having and you know how things are going if they are contributing or anything like that their whole posture changes sometimes I really listen to that I really watch because they don't want to offend 
each other's parents. Mm -hmm. So they become a little bit more careful in in how they're approaching it. Yes. You know, because sometimes I I'm pretty sure one would want to say, oh, you know, I love them, but. Or, you know, she can't keep her nose out of our business. I mean, I don't know what the deal really is, but it just is hard. And I was thinking about that this weekend because um, my daughter's stepmom had her uh, uh, daughter and grandson and... My step, I mean, my ex-husband was obviously there. It was their house. And so we, we had three, and, and there were like uh, one, at least three generations mm-hmm. on one side of the family. On our side, it was just myself. Well, I guess three on the grandma. But there's a great-grandma, too, mm-hmm. on, um, on my ex-husband's, uh, his mother-in-law is the... Uh, fourth generation so it was really nice um however i did notice how careful uh the granddaughter was when she spoke with her grandma it was interesting you know how people which is nice they may show deference to elders but I just don't think everybody's always as clear and open as you would like them to be. Yes. Uh, Certainly, the ideal scene would be that everybody's on the same page and everybody wants the same thing. We can share ideas. and it's You know, it's very interesting. I I think that... um, Oh, I don't know, uh, Democrats and Republicans, let's just say, or um, or uh, let's say um, capitalists and communists, you know, or <laughs> differing groups, two differing groups. And if you take the the people of those perspective groups, like let's say Democrats and Republicans, and you get the the guys who are higher in their mm-hmm. awareness and in, in their um, ability to communicate, in their ability to understand someone. And their tone level, they're just, they're, they're, they're happier people, mm-hmm. let's just say, that you're going to find that there's more agreement up there, that even though they have different ideals and ideologies that they subscribe mm-hmm. to, uh, they're in different camps, so to speak, but because they are more social, you mm-hmm. know, people, that, that th- they can find common ground and, and work together very, very easily. Um, it's when it's, it's, it's when it's down here and, and there's, um, Democrats and Republicans, let's just say, or or communists and and yeah. you know the, the UN, you know, is is a great uh, example of all this. You know that that you have all of these countries; they have their interests and they have their um, people who are genuinely interested in saving the planet. Mm-hmm. And you know we're working together; we're all we're in this together. You know, and and that is that's the beauty, the ideal mm-hmm. of the UN. But then yes, there are certain agendas that might get in the way of that ultimate goal of everybody getting together, you know, but so, so my, my point is this, is that if a, if a couple feels uh, uncomfortable 
with a particular person, or if, even if it's a family member, you might want to guard your communication around that particular person because they might not receive your information or your ideas mm-hmm. very well. On the same token, uh, that you would want to seek out those family members and those uh, friends of yours who you value their opinion and they value yours and that you're both up here on the the creative level of we can get along and and, and let's talk about this and get it solved yeah. so um so yeah i i do understand that uh there may be some um oh i would say maybe reactivity <laughs> between um uh, f- yeah. certain people um and and whether or not to include them at all invite them at all in, yeah. in to, to the wedding, you know, but but sometimes you, you can't uh, get around that. Do you find that uh, when you meet with couples that they're pretty open with you uh, when they're talking uh, about their plans for the wedding as far as um, music or what family members? Does that come into your conversations very much wedding wedding planning i'm finding i just the more and more i talk to you and the more and more i i delve into this yeah uh, i mean i've been doing this for you know over 25 years but yeah uh but i learn so much and and there's uh there's kind of like a a, a deer in the headlights type of a of a feeling sometime when they're getting married and then they go to a bridal show and bam, it's all hitting them from, from all different yeah. angles of all the things that they need. And then the thousands of dollars they're going mm-hmm. to spend uh, on yeah. this event. And it's, and they're worried. I mean, I could see, and again, it depends upon the person. If, if this person uh, goes about life, um, you know, in a very uh, happy gamesy way, you know where mm-hmm. they're going to hey we're going to going to get throw this together and it's going to be great wow you know or yeah. if they or if they have the viewpoint of you know oh my god you know i've got to plan this wedding and how i don't have any time i don't have any money i don't have any you know uh, yeah. i'm not getting any help from anybody so so there are there are different mindsets that one approaches mm-hmm. so can they talk to me right at first right up front well it it takes a very high person up on on a very mm-hmm. creative level, um, I had a, uh, the absolute pleasure of um, planning a wedding for a Miss Tennessee, a former Miss I'll Tennessee. I'll be darned. And uh, I didn't plan her wedding, but I mean, I worked on her her, yeah. um, her music. And uh, and you know, when when we first met, she didn't come up and say, "Hi, I'm Miss Tennessee." <laughs> uh, and, and, and so I was. I'm, I talked with her on the phone, and, and then she agreed to come to a bridal show, and she saw us perform at the bridal show. And then, and and I'm just noticing something about this woman. I'm just mm-hmm. noticing there's something special. There's a presence about this mm-hmm. woman, and and she's very creative and very nice, and just kind of, you know, that of a princess or that of a queen or that of a of royalty. And so no I, I joked. I joked. Not not really joked, but I. But in, in, when I posted, uh, when I wrote about their wedding, I, I called it um, the royal wedding. Wow. And, and, I just, and, and because the guy that she chose, he was very majestic and, and just, you know, goatee and just, just, just his facial hair. And he's, 
he could have been king, you know, and she certainly could have been a queen. And later, wow. later on, I found out that she's a Miss Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, was, it was kind of like, oh, of course, you know, here's this, yeah. be, here's this being this that's yeah. bigger than life, you know. She could, we, she and I could just, we talked and we were off and running, you know, about yeah. the wedding and, and, oh, we just planned all kinds of stuff. There are other people that, that, um, well, okay, uh, to get around to answering this question, uh, <laughs> uh, I find that uh, people who are themselves in some way artists, in other words, they, they're performers or mm. they uh, are painters or they are graphic artists or, or something has to do with uh, maybe even sales or even or even uh, school teachers. You know, they're, they're, that's a performance. You're in front of a group of people. Oh, of, of absolutely. You, you, you've got to be ready, you know. And, yeah. and, and so they do understand about timing mm. and presentation mm-hmm. and... Um, being on the same page as far as the uh, the itinerary goes and and yeah in that art director discussion about music and you're talking about atmosphere and you're talking about things um i find that some some couples are more forthcoming and others i have to make it a safe environment for them to uh, to then express their their views and I, I didn't want to really get into this right this second, but but I find that if you are able to limit their attention to uh, a specific part of the wedding, mm-hmm. like the ceremony, would have its own music and its own atmosphere. The cocktail hour, that's another atmosphere. That's another thing that could be created with music. And then the... Another one would be, let's say, the grand entrance, you know, and then after that and the first dance and then there's dinner and then that's that's its own atmosphere. And then, of course, dancing, we're going to, you know, all bets are off and we're going to go crazy, you know. So a bride would have all of these ideas uh, going on inside of them and these feelings and these things. And they might not necessarily come in sequence. They're going to come at you from all different angles. Early on, establishing a bit of a sketch of... Mm -hmm a sequence of her event mm-hmm. that she'll say, well, you know, I, you know, really like this particular song. Well, okay. That's more of a, a dinner, dinner time song, or that's more of a, a ceremony song or, or asking them, well, where do you see that mm-hmm. in this? And then that, and then it's showing her the itinerary sketch and showing her a little bit of a workup that she'd be able to um, focus on, on what she's uh, talking about. And, are they forthcoming right away? You know, it, it's there's so much to consider, and they're not event professionals, and mm-hmm. so it's um, asking them questions, and they ask me questions, and then uh, showing them where that might, uh, so showing the, showing them the information that they need, so that they can make their decision and feel good about their decisions. I hope I answered that. that. Yeah, no, no, you did, you did. Because I think also it depends on how comfortable they feel with the topic, too. Yeah. I think there are ranges, depending on what they're interested in, Mm -hmm. that they become more verbal and uh, communicate uh, their, their interests level and what their desires are. 
uh, not everybody is going to be glib, obviously, and really that easy to read. But I would like to think that within a fairly short time, if you can make them feel comfortable around you, that they would start opening up. And I think that's a clue to how well a wedding service is going to do with the couple. If Mm -hmm. they can feel like they're they can open up and it's a safe place for them to say what's on their mind. I think that's one of a a big clue as to the rapport that you're establishing. Yes, recently um, a couple was from New York. Actually it was the mom and and the daughter. And Mm -hmm. they, um, and you know, the mom was driving the daughter a little bit crazy and then the (laughs) daughter was driving the mom a little bit crazy and it was just this, um, the interplay that went back and forth, but you know they they hugged each other and they cried when they heard Sheila and I perform, and um, they just <laughs> just um, you could tell that they were really in it together. But there were these these little disagreements and these little firefights and these little well, okay, if you're really gonna have that, okay, you know, and it was. Uh, these little comments that that were that that came out, yeah. but uh, the, the the secret is, and um, and I I feel I could I could say this, uh, the secret is is that there's a uh, there will be a performance, oh, and and it is it's a complete surprise and um, to per- whom? Well, and I'm not going to say you know this person's eyes just lit up you know they they were kind of like just cautiously inquiring well do you think that maybe and and i went yeah and then i then i named this particular piece Mm -hmm. that i kind of just intuitively realized that she well i gave it away she wanted to uh perform play yeah and her eyes lit up and she just went on fire and she said you mean i can do that and i said yes you can do that so it's going to be quite quite a surprise quite something And I think, you know, what what, this is getting off the topic a little bit, but I think that's what makes it so much fun for us is when something we know is going to be planned uh, that is different or has an element that will be a safe surprise (laughs) 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 because once in a while (laughs) yeah there are surprises planned as wonderfully intended as they are Mm -hmm. uh can take some people back you know a few steps so i've learned that over time but it's it's a great feeling when you have an opportunity to do something special yeah and different unexpected that yeah you know um, which is really nice w- there's Absolutely. a there's a uh, another story that again we won't go into but it was a um a client i have i had done something for his daughter's wedding i think it was no her her daughter's christening it was it was um, and he kept my card for all these years and then he said um I'm going to propose 
And so, oh I, my gosh. so I want, I want, you know, music, you know, for that and said, okay. And it's a surprise proposal. Oh. And then he starts asking me, well, do you know any, you know, um, do you know any officiants, you know, any, any, any ministers and everything? Well, yeah, I said, I, I can, I can give you the number of, of a lot of, a lot of them. And then as I'm talking to him, I'm realizing right after he proposes, he wants to do the ceremony. Oh my God. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Well, we'll definitely talk about that. And, and, and it was, yeah. it was so, um, to deny a woman, uh, the chance to plan her wedding by preempting all of that um, was indeed dangerous. Oh my gosh. And, and so anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. And it was, that's just something about, and so, so getting back to this, this thing of communication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that definitely has a lack of communication yeah, in one way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, now I'm sitting on pins and needles. <laughs> Well, now, thing, is this supposed to take place in the future, or already did? No, it already did. It already did. So okay. I'll um, I'll give you. Okay. Uh, we'll go over that. In, uh, okay. But wow. um, talk about pins and needles. Yeah, something that that we had started. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we we had talked about uh, you know well communication and wedding planning, and. Uh, one of the things that I think that is revolutionary, actually, I would say, I'll, yeah. I'll use that word, I'll use the R word, uh, <laughs> revolutionary, about prepared.com, yeah. is that the client, before talking to vendors, before doing yeah. anything, really, yeah. is um, completing a survey that asks uh, questions mm -hmm. which really is to inform the client. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In other words, you can, you can ask questions and get information about someone. Well, well here, this yeah. is, this, these are questions that the uh, client is ask, answering about themselves. They're learning about themselves. Yes. And, in, and yes. while communicating this, of course, this, this information is going to prepared. And that um, it is used to help form a profile or perform, mm -hmm. uh, compile information that mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, the, the idea of a good fit, you know, mm -hmm. between the vendor and the client or vendors and vendors yeah. or, you know, yeah. people that work together, you know. I'd like you to talk about um, the, uh, the, I guess, the subjects that one should ask oneself well, I, I agree with you. We tried uh, in just the several questions that we posed was to kind of slow down a little bit the anxiousness and for them to kind of reflect mm. on what is important to them, but not by asking straightforward questions about uh, how many people you want at your wedding. That is taken care of in the profile part. Certainly. But the, but the first part really is an assessment of their feelings, their values they place on quality hmm. and service and 
customization or whether they like something that's more plug and play. Uh-huh. Uh, and about their their natures, in other words, how to kind of help the algorithm be able to determine their the way they approach decision making. Some people are very instinctual. Others are very heady about it and are very focused on a plan. Others do things more, not on the fly, but it's their nature not to necessarily make a lot of assumptions Hmm. and plans. And so that makes a difference in where you end up having a a wedding and what type of vendors are best uh, for that couple to really work with. Mm -hmm. There are wonderful services out there with a whole gamut of attitudes and methods of working. I was speaking, uh, we, t- we touched on this last time, I was speaking with a florist who was a little unnerved that she didn't get a chance uh, to meet the bride uh, before she received a deposit. I mean, it's really interesting because hey. it's usually no one gives money before... <laughs> They, they have a chance to really get to know the the vendor. But in this case, perhaps, I, I never met the bride, but perhaps she knew what she wanted. It was pretty straightforward. She saw the work online mm-hmm. of the florist, and it just seemed like a no-brainer to her. Right. So she sent the check in. They spoke uh, briefly over the telephone and unfortunately through a series of uh, slight mishap, the bride was so late to their meeting that they really only had 15 minutes Mm -hmm. instead of the usual hour. Mm -hmm. And the bride was totally fine. And, And usually it's the the vendor that says, oh, my gosh, you know, I, they took up so much time and, you know, had so much changing their minds and blah, blah, blah. There's all kinds of things that would have annoyed this particular service in the past. Mm-hmm. So once in a while, you really actually get what you want. <laughs> And it seems so foreign to the florist because the level of communication was so brief that you almost feel, did I miss something? So the idea is within these several questions uh, that we ask couples to reply in the with the most accurate, uh, or closest to what they would normally behave like or react to, it gives a 
snapshot certainly is never going to be intensely accurate, but it does give a good snapshot as to what the attitudes are of the couple and how that relates to working with other vendors and ultimately a location that would also be compatible Mm -hmm. with their um, desires. I think that's what's different about our assessment than other online services. I think other line, there are a lot of wonderful um, options out there, depending on what you want. We're geared at prepared for the couple who essentially wants to feel like they know what's happening. They may need a lot of assistance, but they want to get a feel like, okay, this is what we're trying to create. Mm -hmm. They have some idea of what they're looking for. And this is really a tool for them so that it will help pare down the, and that was intended (laughs) to say pair. Pre-pair, yeah. Paired, yes. yes. yes to pare down. <laughs> preposition, yes. Exactly. To pare down the choices so they don't have to go through hours and hours of looking. It doesn't mean that they're restricted to the three to five choices we would give them mm-hmm. per category. Uh, they have the option of seeing anything else that is listed. But the whole premise of it is that we have mathematically have percentages of a level of matching. Hmm. So after taking an assessment, after reviewing their preferences uh, and the positioning of their choices within those preferences... Mm-hmm. and filling out the standard uh, filters uh, in a profile that also help in determining basic facts, plugging in their desired budget. That is all put in the mix, so to speak. And mm-hmm. the algorithm does its magic and outcomes the percentage of matches And then they can investigate those and then decide if they want to meet, talk, or receive information Mm -hmm. and then go from there. The good part is the potential vendors and venues are notified when they have more or less been nominated by prepared, meaning uh-huh. they're notified that they're being reviewed by a couple. Mm-hmm. And so that gives them a chance to know that that day is, is being looked into. Um, the couple gets to decide if they want 
the potential venue or vendor to reach out to them mm-hmm. or they will make the couple will make the first contact mm-hmm. so it's their decision uh, because after all you can imagine for a couple who's going through the process and there's 16 standard uh, services with venues, that's a lot of potential people that would be inundating them with inquiries. So it's best if the couple can steer the ship in that regard. Mm-hmm. And they have the opportunity to... Um, to look into the services and the the sites, and then determine if um, which ones you know seem closest to their needs and personality and all. Mm-hmm. So that's in a nutshell, kind of how it works. And then, obviously, from there, there are planning tools and a new messaging system that hopefully will make it easier you know, to conduct the rest of the business. Yeah, yeah. Now, would, I I mean, I understand this, and I would like our listeners to understand this, that that first there would be uh, questions where the person who's doing this planning can reflect within themselves and Mm -hmm. presents presents their answers. So so that's, that's one type of, communication you know between mm-hmm. the person and themselves you know and then mm-hmm. would a couple then uh, be doing this together would they answering be answering these together or might they do do it separately <laughs> you know no that's a very good question we've set it up so far where there's one response mm-hmm. I I'm going to say there are a couple of scenarios that they can go through as far as changing their budget and their preferences and such that in essence you would be able to have a second opinion meaning if they both were different you know there's a way to separate their responses hmm. However, generally speaking, there's usually one person of the couple that is a little stronger in their vision and probably is going to be dominating the efforts. Okay, go, go, just, just say it, the bride. Just, just say it. Just. <laughs> well, I, I, that's true. But, you know, there's, uh, in my experience, at least 25% of grooms uh, have led the, the planning. So, uh-huh, yes, uh-huh. it's definitely dominated by the bride. But um, it's interesting. There are times, though, that I've had couples where they kind of divvy up everything. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I'll take music and food and transportation and um you know 
maybe uh, the hotel arrangements. And then the other will take care of the flowers and the video and, of course, a gown and something else. Mm -hmm. So you just, it's hard to say. It just kind of depends. Right. And then, of course, you, you have sometimes parents who say, okay. I remember this phrase uh, from one parent many years ago. Whoever holds the gold makes the decisions. Yes. Well, all right. That's... So you you never know. No. I... <laughs> no. I, I, that's it's again. You know, getting back to the original premise of our um, yeah of our discussion here is that there are. Um, tone levels or interests or levels of, of responsibility or levels of help or levels of understanding, all these things, uh, all these aspects are um, on some kind of a scale mm -hmm. going, going from very low to very high or very low, very high to very low. And that, uh, and that these things do need to be as a, uh, getting back to diplomat, the, mm -hmm. the uh, diplomat needs to, um, understand each of the people that they are dealing with and uh, or be able to represent each of the interests mm -hmm. uh, and at least acknowledge them and then um, it, it comes out in the wash uh, eventually but uh, to uh, you know being involved in, in the planning process like this you know I just wanted to, to go back just real quick to the um, your florist lady who um, mm -hmm. Who received the deposit and hadn't even talked to the bride yet, and and, yeah. and this type of thing, and I just I just think that uh, in general, well, I can speak for myself that uh, the the creative process, you know, it it, it it is a collaboration. Absolutely. And so I feel that um, in a way, this florist felt like she was cheated just a little bit. Uh, for not being able to, um, you know, just go back and forth with the, uh, with the perfect well, it's, perspective. Well, it's client. not, yeah. I think what it is is uh, there's a fear level there uh, that am I really reading the bride accurately? Mm -hmm. Am I really getting what she wants? Because when you look at an image on Pinterest or Instagram, you don't always get the full uh visually the full proportion i have a uh hope i can make this a quick story because i know we're running out of time here but and this is uh not to do with specifically flowers but it points out what happens sometimes visually you can look at a cake okay. in a photograph mm -hmm. And it has, let's say, very strategically placed flowers. You know, maybe a rose on the bottom, and then the second tier has a couple, and then there's another one at the top. And, and it looks perfect in mm -hmm. that photo. Yes. And then you look at the photo, and you're trying to get a sense of how large... It really is, even though it's a three or four tiered cake, it varies greatly 
because each layer could be three inches or they could be six inches high because the diameter of each layer will determine the visual because if you had like many cakes that would serve 150 people that are three-tiered, let's say, and the bottom layer is at least 14 inches in diameter. Mm -hmm. And that sucker, if it was six inches tall, that would be one big layer of cake. And then the next one might be a 12, Mm -hmm. and the top one might be 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're making a three-layer cake like that. So if those, each layer were really high like that, uh, six inches, that would serve a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But, but depending on how it was shot by a photographer, yes, it you would know if that bottom layer was a 10-inch or a 14-inch. Mm-hmm. And the top layer might have been a six inch. Right. And so if it was really a smaller cake, then you might not need a lot of flowers. But if someone says, well, I want that cake. I love the way it's decorated. I want it minimal, but I want it, you know, strategically placed, these large blossoms. Mm-hmm. And then you say, how many people are you having? Right. And someone would say, oh, I'm going to have a good 150 to 175. Well, then the florist is going to say, well, from that angle, that close up, maybe you only need that. But the cake is 3D. It's not uh, two dimensional uh-huh. in a photograph. So you're going to need more flowers going around. I'm just saying there are things that happen in photography that you cannot account for until you see the physical cake or the arbor or whatever. Absolutely. Because unless you have a lot of reference points, there are, are arbors or... Um, arches that are seven feet wide, eight, 12. Oh boy, does it make a difference? Yes. How high they are and all to generate an accurate bid on what it's going to take. So that I'm just saying, (laughs) there's reasons why that florist (laughs) was nervous. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, can you think of a parallel to that when someone says, well, we just need you to come for the ceremony and we want you to play a half hour ahead, beginning at least a half hour ahead, uh-huh. because we know we're going to have some early birds and we also know that part of the family is always late. Uh-huh. So we know that it's not going to start on time. And we want you to, we're going to have at least a half hour ceremony uh-huh. in length. And there's going to be a couple of songs. 
And we want you to play out a good 15 minutes because we have a, a big wedding party. So we're going to have a couple of songs. You know, we'd like the bride and uh, us as the bride and groom to be one song and then the rest of the wedding party to be another song and then another song for when the uh, guests leave and whatever. So we're really looking at a good hour and 15 to an hour and a half of music. Sure. Okay. So that's nothing unusual. All right. Well, I, I, I know that you're going to make a point. Please hold that point. But but, but usually brides will just yeah. say, well, the, you know, the ceremony is only going to be about 20 minutes. So we only need you for 20 minutes. How much? <sighs> and in your question, the bride is a little more informed and has a, a better a better viewpoint or a better uh, mm-hmm. you know, idea. So anyway, continue your point. Well, my my point is, is they think they've made it very clear by what they're saying to you. Mm-hmm. They haven't discussed the atmosphere. They haven't discussed the instrumentation. They haven't discussed uh, the uh, the length, you know, of each piece, whether one piece has to be uh, almost in a round, you know, or some mm-hmm. kind of uh, ability to to repeat certain um, stanzas and all. Uh-huh. And they haven't talked about the setting, if all the guests are going to be sitting in one direction or not. They haven't discussed if it there's electricity out there, uh-huh. if you need, if there's going to be any speakers you know any readings that you would have to know in case you need a second um, microphone sure what I'm really saying to you is sometimes couples think if they're telling you the time and the amount of songs you know what else there's not that much else yeah and what I'm really saying to you is whether they see or hear you at a show or get a recommendation, there are so many things to know before you actually give them a proposal. Yes. And I think it does a disservice to them, frankly. Mm -hmm. And I mean this sincerely. It really does a disservice to them if they want to know just those few basic things mm-hmm. and expect an accurate proposal and price. I think the best thing, and this is what I'd really like if we have, we're fortunate enough to have lots of couples <laughs> listen to us, is to realize it's only the beginning mm-hmm. when they meet someone or listen to somebody's music that their budget should be fluid in the parts but not um, but firm as far as the priorities mm-hmm. because if you're if you have your priorities in order 
and you know the differences between the priorities, then you can shift money easily. If you say to yourself, I'm going to spend no more than X on, on food and beverage and whatever, that's certainly a way to go. However, if having something a little more elaborate or something that you hadn't anticipated but actually will complement the whole evening as an experience, mm-hmm. it's not as hard as sometimes people think to adjust a budget. It really isn't. It's just you don't want to consistently spend more on everything, obviously, or else you're going to run out of money or have to have a rich uncle. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? But I, I just hope that when couples come to um, learn about services and sites, that they come with an open mind to really understand what it's going to be like because sometimes they've attended a couple of weddings in fact i know you've met many couples that are in the wedding season so to speak Mm -hmm. where they'll go to three four five six weddings in one year because all their friends are matching up and getting married yes and so then they become Uh, you know, the critics, oh, I didn't like that, or, wow, we've got to do that, or, but we have to do it a little differently since it was so-and-so's wedding, and they're coming to ours, and we don't want them to think that we're copying them, you know? Sure. So, it's all that stuff. You mentioned just just Mm -hmm. a couple of really good words there, and one was learn, and the other one was understand, and, uh, I think that uh, a couple who's never been married before, it has never planned a wedding before, and yeah, maybe they've attended a few weddings, um, that they do have, uh, you mentioned an open mind, but, but here's, here's what's kind of interesting is that I, I, I love it when, when somebody's very specific, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I can see within them that they're, they understand what they're asking for, you know, and they, they, they I see that, see that knowingness about them. And that's, I can usually get that more so in person or, or over the phone um, mm-hmm. rather than via an email. Um, but having the, um, having the couple come in and then express their, their desires and their ideas, mm-hmm. that this is probably the very first time that they're directly inter- interacting with uh, the artist uh, about. Yeah you know, the the service. So to have a little bit of leeway to be able to go, to to be able to suggest uh, certain things or to be able to bring out the idea and fully fully have them Mm -hmm. uh, express themselves is, and, and it's so satisfying when they have indeed uncovered their their idea, you know, and then they, they yeah. see, yeah, this is going to be great. And we're going to have uh, the birds, you know, the dove, <laughs> the dove release, and then the elephant comes in and then the, uh, you know, it's a whole, 
uh, a whole presentation, and and they they really dig that. Um, my my daughter, who's a, a ballet dancer, has danced for a number of wedding. Uh, yes, you mentioned that grand yeah. grand entrances, and uh, yeah. for uh, and we haven't done it yet for a ceremony, but I just think it would be just absolutely amazing to do this. Oh, I think as, it would be beautiful as part of a as a, as a ceremony. Yeah, a processional In or fact, even a recessional. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, at first thought, I see the dancers, especially because they're ballet. If you have a, a fairly uh, formal, uh, romantic type of wedding, I see that preceding the bridal entrance. Yes. yes. You know, just for the bride. And um, I, I think the performance value and the, the uh, unexpected uh, presentation would really, I think, set things apart. But it has to be a bride that would like that kind of separation and attention, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, focus. Not all brides, uh, you know, might feel comfortable, but I think it's a great idea. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I can definitely see that. So that, I, that's I, great. I think that Yes, there's this factor of, of, of learning what's out there and we're learning what's available. And then suddenly yeah. that just kind of like hits something that's already there within the person. And they go, yeah, I, you know, I didn't think that was possible. Or, yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Or, Well, um, have, have you ever had the opportunity to have uh, your daughter's group uh, perform at a wedding fair? At a bridal show? Uh, no. Uh, not yet. She's appeared there, and yeah. and she's talked to people, and, and she's yeah. people, people have met her, but um, I, I've been actually dancing at a uh, a bridal yeah, show. No. I'm just I'm just wondering if you know if they saw it, maybe it could very much be a part of the fashion show. And, yeah, and I or if they had a mock uh, ceremony, yes. some some do you know that might be something to consider absolutely yeah there are some things here that we've touched on well that's what's so nice about having a conversation you have been listening to wedding and event podcast with toby dodge and eric zimmerman if you have a question comment or topic suggestion please call eric at 626-797 1795 or contact Eric by email eric at elegantmusic.com contact Toby by email toby at prepared.com subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week thank you for listening <laughs>